Welcome to yet another week of PBE Daily Early Mornings and Late Night Podcast. My name is Point Blank Evombi. Thank you again for taking the time to join me on yet another episode. You've witnessed a leap year and I'm sure you're very glad about that. I love how Google always finds a way to make visuals that touch on specific things globally and historical events or historical moments. And it's really, really cool. And I saw the 29 on Saturday. I was very, very happy about that. And I have to admit, the last one week I had was a very progressive week for me it, it it literally had days when in the beginning of the week i was certain that i'll have hacked at least three or four pieces of work i wanted to complete and by the time the week comes to an end i'll be in a position to say okay that one is covered that one is covered that one not so much and i'm very very happy with the results i got because that was a very successful week for me by the time i got to friday evening and leaving the office i had a smile on my face because not only did i enjoy great music that was brand new but i also enjoyed every piece of work i completed by the time i was laying my head in bed every evening i was a happier guy and a friend of mine highlighted it on saturday she said that i had hinted that i hope to do more things in 2020 and it appears outside looking in that i'm attaining that piece by piece and I couldn't agree more with her because the idea is I wanted to ally myself with things that would actually find a way to progress themselves and that progression was very very important to me and in search of that progression I made moves of allying myself with people who have already set up something that I believe in and I'm adding my energy to it and it's not even a physical energy in some cases some cases it's literally uh my, my manpower and as a result of it the curiosity that will be born from it will turn into fiscal gain thereafter i'm always a, a person who believes in building and by building piece by piece i think i've found an even happier position to be in personally and the cool thing about last week was also that i touched on an episode that i was really swirling around my head which was my take on the contribution to uh podcasting and uh, entertainment that joe budden gives and to stay within the realm of uh, slaughterhouse i had to revisit my understanding of certain topics that i had hinted before that i was really questioning how i'd tackle these topics and i think my taking the time to find the actual words was helpful and this episode is really inspired by the figure i drew on this particular image and that was royce the five nine he dropped an album in February called The Allegory. And that album... If you're a person who loves old school rap and you love content in every bar that NMC releases, that's the album for you. And that album hit number one, I think a week after it was released, hit number one on iTunes as far as the number of plays it's gotten. And the replay value in that album is amazing. So for those guys who like get, getting barred up, I say go find that. And it's weird I say barred up because his mixtape Bar Exam 4 was really, really good as well. And the reason I enjoy the album is because when I hear his interviews also talking about the album and the process of making the album, he found his angle of being a lone wolf in that he produced every beat, he wrote every lyric, he rapped every lyric. He got pointers from the masters he's worked with before and collaborated with them to make his project come to life. This is a guy who used to hang out in Dilla's studio when Dilla was still alive. And he found a way 
to tap into that curiosity that Detroit gives to the MCs because the number of cerebral MCs who come from Detroit, okay, I'll put it to you this way. There's Royce the Five Nine, there's Elzai, there's Slum Village. Production-wise, there's Apollo Brown and there's countless other MCs I could mention, but those are the, the ones who actually come top of mind because those are the guys whose music I'll actually go revisit every chance I get. But outside of that, the content of the album is what I actually loved, the context and the content of the album. Because an allegory is using an, a different story to tell a tale. Like you're trying to describe something by using something else as an example. I believe that's how it was uh, put in the album, in mention of how what, what an allegory really is. And I think in many cases, my podcasts and the content I create, I always try to make an allegory using existing facts and trying to find my understanding of it to give an allegory in every episode. And through Royce the Five Nine, I chose the perfect way to address this topic. And I'm happy about it because it doesn't require disclaimers. This episode, I wanted to touch on the fall of the male character. And when I say the fall of the male character, I mean manhood. Because I firmly believe, and this is my argument, manhood has been bastardized by misogyny. Because misogyny is what really requires for one side to suffer in order for manhood to thrive. And that's a mistake. So only inferior uh, personas would use misogyny to their advantage. Manhood, on the other hand, has suffered because of the rampant runaround that misogyny has conducted. Here's my argument. When I watch entertainment... And I'm talking across the board from Tyler Perry movies all the way up to even the white American household type entertainment. The figure of the man's man has been tainted. Think about it. In many cases, when you hear about pop culture talking about the male figure, it's either people who've conducted acts that are to damage women, to damage people of different genders and different um, uh, orientations as far as faith and all that and the guy who lives the boring life of he's there for his kids, he makes sure his kids are fed he makes sure his wife is good, he makes sure he's a support system for his family and friends and especially his woman all these things are never really put in the fore it took me a while to even try find how many male figures are actually shown as good men in entertainment period you'd be stifled by even how how many pauses you've taken to just ask yourself how many of those figures exist because this is my understanding of manhood when you're a boy you react impulsively you challenge that which is authority or something that is a force in front of you be it leadership be it um inspiration you're always challenging and you're eager to get to the next level when you're a man you know something has triggered you emotionally, but you pause and you judge yourself based upon the reaction you're going to have thereafter. You pause specifically so that you don't make a hastened decision because that hastened decision is what is going to cost the success or failure of that which you're about to do. Only boys act on impulse because they don't know any better. Men take time to really strategize and plan forward. Men are measured, men are responsible, 
men step up to the plate. Men do that which is expected of them, no matter what the consequences may be, because they are mentally prepared to do what needs to be done. When I walked away from the idea of being in a relationship or being emotionally vested with someone, it's because I, I realized that to a certain extent, the boyish side of me probably still is active and I've broken down countless times and I'm not ashamed to say it, there's countless times I've actually in a drunken stupor called a girl, not even for like any sexual act or anything like that. It's just, I was in pain. And instead of calling a person who would probably be like an emotional backing in the sense of a therapist or something like that, because I've never had therapy, I called a girl and I just broke down. It wasn't a sexual thing. It was just, I broke down. And I think it's because at the, at the moment, either I was talking to them at that time or they, I felt that they were the person I should talk to in regards to that feeling. I've broken down in front of certain women, especially when I was drunk out of my mind in a certain sense. And I start opening up about the feelings I have. And it's one of the reasons why I really hate when I overdrink because my overdrinking literally led to me failing in the things I'd like to achieve. I'd overdrink and miss work deadlines. I'd overdrink and not show up in responsibilities that I have or do a shady job when I'm at the at the work. And it's not, it's not something that I really had in me because I, I came into alcohol much, much later. And even when I got to that point, I was measured in that I chose certain angles. Like I've said before on this podcast, I believe you should only drink when you're happy in celebration, but also in moderation. A quote I was told that was from the Quran said, all things in moderation, including moderation. And I loved that quote. So when I started thinking about how I'd like to conduct myself as a man, I sternly took myself aside and addressed myself because I, I started thinking about, well, why would you overdrink in certain points of your life? Was it a, a work thing? Because you love what you do, but you feel strained because of outside forces asking you if you're successful or if you're in any way, shape or form, getting closer to your deadlines and your timelines and all that. And when you're constantly being in, in, inquired about when it comes to how quickly you're working, it kind of bogs down, especially if it's a creative process, because to create, it demands your undivided attention and wit. And when you're constantly being questioned about the process of it, it kind of irks. But I get why it, you have to inquire, because in a professional world, your, your creative uh, process is irrelevant because there's timelines and deadlines that need to be met. So I had to learn how to accept that. Creatively, you can literally get paranoid when you see people not really reacting quickly to your work. And so I knew it wasn't a work thing. It was an emotional thing. Because my emotions were asking, well, if you're doing all this for the betterment of your craft, does it mean everything else about you suffers? And then that brought up the whole idea of now the man in me has to take control. So, because I always vet things. I, I set the argument for myself. Like my podcasts are literally the representation of how I think. I set the, the, the panel and I ask myself, okay, let's vet this. Let's give the pros and cons, why we got to certain positions and how we should fix what should come next. The man in me will make the final decision. The decision to focus on that which is the task at hand and not let any distraction come in the way. The decision that if it's a matter of having to do certain things, you have to do them professionally and you have to do them diligently and deliver them on time. So alcohol is never an excuse and never give an excuse. No excuses. 
So that was off the table. And at the end of the day, you have to start standing in front of the actions you take and answering for them, good or bad. So when I'm asked about certain things I'm supposed to complete and I haven't completed them, I'll give a foolproof answer of why I haven't completed them. No runaround, no rigmarole, no uh, giving excuses because when you're that honest with yourself, you're at peace with yourself. You don't have to line up your lies. Everything just comes to order in the perfect way. And that was uh, something I really was trying to learn in 2019. And when 2020 was coming up, it's now finally taking shape. When I tell a certain client I can't take their work, they accept it. When I tell my partners in the office what I'd hope to achieve in the, in the beginning of the week and towards the end of the week, they give me the room to actually complete that. And if I do anything more above that, to the greater good. When I'm asked how quickly or how frequently we'd hope to get certain things done, I give a proper timeline based upon how I perceive I'd achieve it and I try as much as possible to arrive earlier than the time I stipulate because that's how I like making things happen. I think that is my degree of professional manhood. Now, as far as my personal life, my manhood is still in the works. I think I'm still vetting it. Take, for example, how I, for one, personally feel I'm not ready for fatherhood. I personally feel I am ill-prepared for relationship. I'm very much lost in my own mind in what I want to achieve that I think bringing any outside forces to try work to my advantage it really doesn't help because in many cases I feel most of the people I talk to in a romantic interest they're all facing uh, certain huddles that they faced with previous lovers or previous relationships and I have to answer for the mistakes of these individuals and here's the part where I fear that whatever I'm about to say may lead to me never getting laid again but some things just have to be said okay here goes and I'm reaching I know I'm reaching but bear with me I firmly believe most of the ladies out here who feel sad about the kind of men that they've come across and they kept on saying that's the problem with you men you didn't date men you dated boys when i say boy i mean it in the sense of for those of you who've watched scandal i'm gonna try tap into the character of olivia pope's father you dated boys when i say boys i mean these boys need thrills that's why they're constantly trying to find themselves inside kind of, some kind of uh vehicle or some kind of financial status or wear status symbols that they clearly cannot afford and they cannot sustain they want to be seen and not uh, experience. Those are boys. They get fickle when they see the need to actually chest thump in front of their woman and as if they're barbaric individuals who need to get the presence of validation by being these uh, puppy love driven individuals who think life is all about them and they are the, the pillar of that which is greatness as far as being the hottest guy in the room. Those are boys. Those who suffer from uh, missing out as far as being in certain events because they feel that that event cannot really go unless they're present. And if their friends don't really give them the acknowledgement that they deserve, they start moping about instead of actually just enjoying themselves and leaving thereafter. Those are boys. Any person who looks at a girl and tries to bring her down in order for him to be able to actually get access to her, breaking somebody down in order for you to get the upper hand, that's a boy. 
A man will accept that which is the woman that he's with. A man will step up to the plate and he will see responsibilities and take care of his responsibilities. A man will be told, hey, I think I'm going to, uh, I think I'm, I'm late and I'm going to have a kid. And he says, well, we're here now. I'm going to step up to the plate and I'll be there present no matter what and be a support system. A man will be there and willing to stand by the back and let you do what you need to do to thrive and be successful. A man will stand forward and step up to the plate in any way, shape, and form, fiscal, emotional, or otherwise, and be a bouncing board to let you speak your mind out and help you actually vet what is right and wrong and tell you objectively without any hidden agenda what they see they could contribute to that which is your journey. Because at the end of the day, a woman's journey is her journey. You are a complementary figure to what she is. That's what men do. Now, I for one know to which extent on all these things I fall short, everything I've described. And I personally feel I'm slowly but surely finding my way to manhood. And manhood in regards to a person like Rest the Five Nine, when he talks about how he knows he fell short in his relationship with his wife and how he's constantly trying to make sure his life is good for him and his five kids. How he hopes when his, when his firstborn son looks at him, he would always look up to him and see him as a figure worth being with. How in the very last track of the album, he speaks of how he sees his father and he says his father is actually a, a role model to him and he's a hero. In my lifetime, I've heard African rappers sing songs in honor of their father, saying their father is their hero because he was there and he stepped up to the plate and he did what he needed to do. He held things down. I personally have always seen my pop as my hero because against all odds that were thrown again, uh, thrown in his way, he was able to do what he needed to do. He gave me the degree of integrity to actually find my own path. He gave me the freedom to actually go stumble and fall. And instead of mocking me about it, he gave me the tools to build myself up. My siblings, my older brothers, when I see how they ca carry themselves around their families, and I see the, how they carry themselves around their, their wives, that is another representation of manhood that I see. They step up to the plate. They take care of their responsibilities. They don't give excuses. When they know they have something they need to take care of and they need your help as far as even if it's a conversation to have, they have a conversation with you and they don't try and mock you. They break it down with you and they grow with you. Most of the friends I've had in my inner circles, be it from my hip-hop circles and be it from my my entertainment circles in regards to animation and stuff and filming and all these people, the guys who've always stuck around me and the guys who've always been, without even choosing to, the guys I always respond to are guys who are taking care of their families and they're proud of their families and they're happy with their families. As far as manhood is concerned, I have a very strong support system. And when it comes to me vetting myself, I can safely say I know true men. And these true male figures have made me proud enough to say that I cannot wait to reach that which I feel is the epitome of manhood. And in all that I do with myself, I'm going to add my energies to make sure manhood takes over. So always know the distinction. Only a boy would try bring down a woman because he thinks it's the only way for the world to work. Only a boy would have that inferiority complex to make him think that the only way to make things work is patriarchy. Only a boy would do that. A man would be willing to take the time to make things actually work in an equal platform. Because though greed exists in manhood, only boys want to constantly show off. Men want to make sure things are firm and they stand tall. And that album, The Allegory, it shows manhood. 
to be in a world where I can see rappers in their 40s actually speaking from a position of trying to find themselves, I'm happy about that. So when I think about all this and I think about how people had a backlash in regards to how gender issues were being treated, men didn't really speak on it. They gave suggestions, but they didn't really speak on it. To each his own, to each their own perception of how to actually handle things. In my case, I'll say I'm glad I'm slowly discovering what a man is and not a misogynistic individual. I've found the difference. With that being said, we have a big week ahead of us. This Friday, Boombox. If you get the chance, come through to Boombox. We have the old school special that's going to happen on Friday this coming week. And when you think about it, you're going to enjoy every single second of the music and entertainment we're going to provide for you guys because it's the 6th of, uh, of March and the 6th of March I'm going to be rocking the stage with the old school DJs holding it down. DJ Andy's going to be there. DJ Casey's going to be there. Of course, DJ Lisbon, DJ Cash. And then on the Saturday we're doing a G-Funk special. We're doing an honorary event in honor of Dr. Dre. We're doing it at Lava Latte. If you get the chance, come through. Come hang out with us. we got Tony Tone, Dan, Middle East. I'm probably going to throw, throw a few bars in there. So that's the 7th of March if you get the chance to come through and also on the 7th for the young up and coming MCs want to know what's up as far as the bars are concerned the Uncut Cypher is doing an event that's all about the cypher if you want to know what it felt like to be in a circle of MCs and sharpen your skills before you actually went into a battle situation or before you went into a recording situation that's the show for you so I got three hip-hop specials for you to consider on the 6th of March come for the old school special at Alchemist for Boombox on the 7th, you have two choices for the OGs, for the true OGs and the lovers of Dr. Dre, because it's Dre Day that day. Come to Lava Latte, come kick it with us. For the new school young MCs who really represent for the bars and the true craft, Uncut Cypher has a gig going down for you. Check out my online presence. I'll show all the artwork over there. Come, come through, have fun with us, and let's have some fun to make sure hip-hop is taken care of in the 2020s. Now say it with me. Be Caesar or be nothing at all. Thanks for taking the time to listen to yet another episode. More shall follow. Until next time, Uno.